Hey everyone, we are the three princes and we go around looking for things to penetrate deeply. Intellectual. <laughs> uh, welcome to our show. <laughs> it's going to be one of those days. So, Mihira, we're doing this again. Oh, fuck. <laughs> It never gets old. <laughs> so, this week we are going to be uh, talking about laws. No, no, no we're, we're no. actually talking about clearing up AI on like if there's a method to the marketing madness or not. Right? Yeah, the, and what we have found out with our experiences that there is. Mm. And uh, first of all, congratulations, Mihira. No, oh, fuck. No, 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 not in, no, 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 not in public. Congratulations. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you. Good job. No, no, I'm, no, no, I'm still single. <laughs> yeah, don't, don't cop look on the internet, right? <laughs> For now. <laughs> no, I'm not getting married. Yeah, none of that, none of that. Yeah. All right. So... Yeah, what we are actually going to be talking about is the method to the madness. And uh, there has been many people, many books that have claimed that there is a method to the madness. Uh, One specifically that was talking about 22 methods to the madness. Um, It's called uh, the 22 Immutable Laws of Marketing by uh, Al Rees. No, Al Rees. That's the charlatan. Yeah. I, I remember there was like huge amount of hype at one point about that book and there was I mean I don't I mean, really he was uh, he was considered uh, like a guru of marketing I don't really blame them people for believing it because uh, I mean there was no, I don't there, think, right? I don't think you should like I mean there are there are rules like uh, there are laws like I mean, they say they, they say it's with 22 immutable laws uh, marketing is a battle of perception not products or services highly debatable mm-hmm. uh, I, I would say it's bordering fallacy <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, it's better to be first than to be better um. my god <laughs> there are enough more circumstances in which uh, people brands that have come in second to the market have done better sure. there are often times there are brands that have landed in the market at first have completely disappeared of the market so, Bad Xerox. <laughs> <laughs> or like Kodak. <laughs> and more life situation like mm. marriage. <laughs> Being first does not win you the prize. Yeah, exactly. Being last actually wins you the prize. <laughs> no, not really. <laughs> it's circumstance. So, yeah. I mean, like, there are lots of uh, general falsehoods about marketing. I think one of the greatest falsehoods that I have always, that, that I have grown up with uh, is. Then marketing is common sense. It's most counting. Marketing is... There is an element of business in marketing. So therefore, it has an element of common sense, especially when you are developing communication, etc. You need to have a lot of common sense to to understand people. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Yes, there is need for common sense. But is marketing, the, the the, 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 the rules of marketing, common sense? No. (laughs) <laughs> There's a deep science to it. I, uh, I mean, it's I mean, all, I mean it's, as deep as mad. science for marketing would get. Right. It's not. Uh, it's definitely not uh, nuclear physics. Yeah. Uh, but it is. I mean, we are dealing with a lot of randoms at the end of the yeah. day. Yeah. Right? Uh, so. But it's in the same way that a casino owner can tell exactly 
how, how many people are going to win mm. not yeah. who is going to win mm-hmm. randomness does not necessarily mean that you can't predict exactly Correct. so what's different about the laws that we are going to be talking about today and a lot of the laws that have come and gone all this time is that this stuff is backed by lots and lots of science <laughs> and as we know science is never wrong <laughs> except for when it is <laughs> that's usually uh, the disclaimer with science <laughs> uh it's backed up with like lot of empirical evidence which has been looked at from the i mean the the strange thing about this is the, the oldest paper that i have read was a a, a paper called duplication of weaving written by uh, i think uh, goodhart uh jane J- george goodhart i can't I, i think he's he's one of uh, byron sharp's mentors mm-hmm. uh he's uh, i think he's one of the he's the, the book is forwarded to him if i'm not mistaken uh and uh, i mean in the 1960s so this gerald goodhart gerald goodhart mm. uh i mean this shit was a ava- like this shit was available and thought about in the 1960s but somehow who, what we got taught as marketing was something completely different and uh, and i think to date we are suffering from that so that's the that's that's what we need to get out of and in 2010 when the the this book came out uh to to the market um it took us I mean, it took companies like Unilever. I mean, people within Unilever adopted. Some of them adopted early. Thankfully, I was in a team that adopted it very early. Uh, so about two years, three years into the after the book was published, uh, we adopted it very fast. Uh, but for Unilever as a the company, of course, took almost five years to adopt it and. none of the mainstream educational institutions that teach marketing to my knowledge as of today have not adopted it is that uh, just mainstream or is it just across the board i am yeah. not mainstream I mean, across the board they have not adopted it uh when i say mainstream i'm not talking about the institute that published the sure, the, yeah. the 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 pieces but i'm talking about um uh, institutions like to my knowledge cim has still not adopted it uh, most of the universities that i can i, I, I can back that up because uh, <laughs> i introduced one of my clients to the book today mm. and his eyes just lit up right he's like, but i don't know when he studied cim was it like long time ago like recently no, 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 very recent he's my age okay but it's that that too is like yeah okay fine so yeah so i i, I know 10 11 12 yeah. somewhere there okay so i mean it has not been adopted very like lovingly because it it's a stark deviation from the the classic i mean you you have to admit you're wrong first yeah exactly. <laughs> the classic classic thought process that has been taught to you and these are things that you learn for years no hmm. it's very hard to get your head out of them but so, what 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 i what i think like a, yeah uh, what what we want to leave you with is on this uh this is just dipping the uh your feet in the water mm. uh like just the surface thing uh this rabbit hole runs far, very far, far. very very deep <laughs> and, very far and we are hoping to get into them individually one by one but we'll see how that one goes yeah. that's uh we can 
dive right in. If yeah, you guys let's go. Like, yeah, let's go. So the first law. Okay, so a little bit of preface. There's eleven laws here, but honestly, there's ten laws and one tool, right? And yeah, yeah. And the eleventh one is actually. It's a uh, statistical uh, and it's, it's very, very complicated mathematics is what it is. Uh, we don't understand it completely yeah. either. Yeah. Uh, actually, we don't understand it at, at all. all. Yeah. Uh, and uh, we will get somebody who understands it to come yes. and teach us as well. <laughs> Ideally, and if any of you guys know, uh, please, please get yeah. in touch. Yeah, for sure. Uh, but our emails are in the doobly doo. Um, but yeah, we can start off uh, from the first one, which mm. I think is one of the most inc- large encompassing laws out there. Yeah. Uh, not rules, laws, um, which is the double jeopardy law. It's, yeah. it's in, okay, before we explain it, I sort of use it as a tool to help uh, uh, owner of a company or a marketing team to orient themselves to the reality that they're in. Yeah. So that's that's where the usefulness to this law comes from, from my perspective. And it's tremendous I mean, practical. Before any of that, I yeah. guess... Uh, Let's just read it and we get back to it. <laughs> Brands with less market share have far fewer buyers and these buyers are slightly less loyal in their buying and attitudes. And this law is called... The Double Jeopardy Law. Okay. So what it essentially says is... I, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to flip this over so that it's easily understood. Mm-hmm. If you have lower market share, that means the f- first most encompassing thought on marketing is if your brand is big, that means you have a lot of customers. Hmm. Okay. The bigger your brand gets, you have more and more customers. The smaller your brand is, you have less and less, less customers. And less customers yeah. that's, the, that's the overarching knowledge that we have. That's the, the most commonly known thing about a brand. And if you think about it, it's a bit obvious. <laughs> yeah. It's very obvious. Yeah, it's very obvious. Now, what the law says essentially is, as your brand grows, mm-hmm. as you get more customers, your loyalty amongst the customers that you have gradually increase. Okay. Yes. So that's one way of looking at it. Mm. Another way of looking at it is how that book describes it, which is basically brands with larger shares, have more loyal customers. Mm. It seems intuitive, Mm -hmm. uh, but when you describe it in the other way, which is as the brand grows, the loyalty increases. As you get more customers, the loyalty of the customers that you have increases is the most non-intuitive way of... It is. is. So all of you who are in uh, food... Don't go for loyalty cards. Instead, <laughs> just get more customers. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Uh, so, couple of rules about this. I mean, there is no there's no evidence anywhere. And that's one thing that the book very clearly says. There's no evidence anywhere that any format of loyalty mechanism has ever worked. Yeah. Ever. I mean. Mm. Yeah. So, one of the axioms I think that's important to throw over here. Uh, and axiom in mathematics is a very high level word from God sort of thing mm-hmm. over here. Uh, which that this book talks about. Uh, in depth is that people don't really buy brands they buy categories they don't buy products either they buy a category yeah. and by that we're talking about a solution right. more or less yeah. sure in a way so it's, yeah it's something that fits into a behavioral pattern that they already yeah. have yeah. so you want to describe what the the, the law says Dinesh, okay so uh, I, I took an attempt at summarizing some of this uh, 
so law of double jeopardy is the first jeopardy is the fact that you are less well known yeah yeah and the second jeopardy is the fact that you are less liked by the people who know you yeah yeah so that's the that's jeopardy. the two that's jeopardies the that you have to do so as you get known mm. the likelihood is that you will get liked more yeah because it's mathematical in a in a in a way because more people know you the probability of somebody knowing somebody liking you is greater yeah. that's the yeah. that's a yeah. mathematical framework yeah. right the simple way of understanding this is as you as your number of consume as as the number of cons- people that consume you increase your loyalty will increase so yeah. the output of this what you extract out of this because we are ta- talking at this at a very surface level is there is nothing called loyalty in building a brand loyalty is one metric that you cannot necessarily manipulate, manipulate. or measure no you can measure it you can you can how? measure it how uh, right. so um, the measurement for loyalty is something called share of requirement uh, okay okay so, fine uh, share of requirement is described it's it's largely used by fmcg companies mm-hmm. uh, share requirement essentially says of the people that are currently buying you mm-hmm. what percentage are you, uh, are you bought okay so i am that just gives you your share of the market doesn't it no it doesn't why not of the people that are currently buying you already okay so there are there so are that is your share of market okay so okay. there are 10 people in the universe mm-hmm. five people are buying you okay okay mm. so you don't take it uh, you don't calculate this sum out of the 10 people mm-hmm. you calculate only out of the five people that are buying you ah right okay okay of them how many and this is within a time period all right yeah. okay it's always okay, within a time period of the people that are buying you how many people have actually bought you how many people share of requirement is of the people that are buying you so there are 10 people in the universe, universe. yeah five people are buying from you uh there are two sets of uh, there are uh, two brands mm. okay so five are buying you five are buying another brand and Correct. sometimes there's yeah okay so if it's a, if it's a pure dif- differentiation between the two which is 5 and 5 mm. brand a has 50% penetration and brand b has 50% penetration sure that's simple yeah because it's 5 and 5 again brand a has 50% share and brand b has 50% share sure Yeah, yeah. Okay. that's very easy. Mm-hmm. Share of requirement or the measurement of loyalty is defined as now the people that are buying you not only are buying you, you as a solution, they are buying other things as a solution as well. Yeah. So they are buying the other brand as well. Yeah. Because it's not a simply because they are buying it over a duration of a year. Of yeah. So of the people that are currently buying you as a solution. what percentage of them are using you to consume what percentage of that mm. sure of the so for, okay let me let me explain yeah because the math doesn't check out there because if I'll let's explain, just I'll explain okay. uh there are 10 people in the universe okay there are three brands okay okay one brand has uh three people buying them mm-hmm. that's a of 10 it's three it's 30% penetration okay okay sure right then of the 10 the three people that are buying you are consuming you at 
consuming the category of three bars of soap. Right. Okay. Okay. Per year. Sure. Right. Okay. Okay. So there is. So there is a so total of thirty. Yes. Correct. There is basically thirty bars of soap that can be bought within that time period. By nine. Time. No, it's three into three. Three into three, nine. Nine. Okay. So it's nine bars of soap of the total. So there are there is there is three bars of soap being consumed. Mm-hmm. Uh, of brandy. Of, of say of the universe, mm-hmm. there's brandy. Brandy has three people buying you. That's thirty percent penetration, and. those three people yeah oh, okay so let's put it in context as well uh three people are buying one brand three people are buying another brand so 30 30 penetration penetration okay. four people have and four buying. people are buying the the balance brand mm. okay that's if they are buying once mm. right mm. right now these buggers don't buy only once no? right they buy multiple times yeah. so now you assume everyone buys three bars of soap a year right So total cumulative consumption of that universe is thirty bars of soap. Sure. Yeah. Okay. Mm. How what we call share is essentially thirty bars of soap by each brand by the total volume mm. divided by the total volume. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So basically, thirty percent to one, thirty percent to the other, and forty percent to the other. That's share. Mm-hmm. So first one is penetration, thirty percent penetration. Second one is share. Which is thirty percent share. Now, the trick happens is the say individual one in that universe mm. doesn't buy your brand. Does buy buys your brand. Mm. Next time he buys your brand, the time after he buys somebody some other brand. One of okay. the other of the four. Other two. Yeah. Okay. One of the other two. Okay. Yeah. Now, his share of requirement. Mm. Okay. Right. Is okay. Right, right. Or for you mm. is sixty six percent. Right, right. Thirty three percent. His share of but 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 the requirement that he has of the requirement he has, what he. So from the total amount of category purchases <laughs> that the person has, what percentage comes from your brand? Correct, right. essentially. Okay. But in order for you to measure it, mm. you have to be bought. So Otherwise, you don't come into the equation. Right. Right. Mm, yeah. Okay. Okay, that took a long time to explain. <laughs> so their loyalty can be measured, yeah. but the thing is, loyalty cannot be manipulated. It's very, it's nearly impossible to get based people to circumstances a lot. Like a lot of it is based on circumstances. Serendipity, yeah. yeah. Uh, it's it's nearly impossible to manage. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, so this not, is like asking who is going to be another yeah, roulette. Yeah, I mean there are famous there are famous rule that there are famous myths. That are that say like okay, fine, Apple users are loyal to their Uh, we had this argument. We had this argument <laughs> about two weeks ago. Yeah, uh, Apple users are more loyal to their phones than uh, Samsung users, which is like this book has the statistics of the earliest Apple phones. Uh, that that's a fallacy. That's not true. There's actually virtually no loyalty. loyalty. Yeah, it, there's no. St- People so think Harley Davidson. Pretty much yeah. why I said like. There are, okay, yeah, Harley Davidson is quoted in this book again, say very categorically proving that. There is no specific loyalty towards Harley Davidson. Mm. Just heavy buyers, people who buy you the most, continue to buy you. Yeah. But that doesn't account for majority of the like. It accounts for some part of like large part of the sale, but it doesn't account account for all, all of the sale. sale. Or like a majority. Which of the sale. all of you should kind of keep in mind <laughs> because that is going to be okay. coming up in the law oh. that is immediately after the next. So uh, another way that I would explain this is the the actual. 
meaning so when you talk about share it's usually numbers being thrown around right yeah so what what smaller or larger share means inherently means is kind of lost in the numbers like you say 30% share and you're like oh fuck it's mm. only 30% mm-hmm. or oh fuck oh okay, up to 30% either one right mm. but what essentially what smaller share means is that you have fewer clients and those fewer clients don't like you that much yeah, yeah. or don't buy from you as much yeah 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 like is a it's we not we should not use the term sure, like yeah it's yeah. not it's not measurable really <laughs> yeah, yeah so i i try to dumb it down <laughs> as much as possible so but, that it's, it's yeah. normal person speech yeah, yeah i guess i guess so um, for all of you normal people <laughs> so the so the i think i think the biggest pieces that you can pull out of this is if you want to grow your brand get more people to buy you don't worry about trying to so another thing that i've written that i completely forgot that i wrote down mm. is that two brands with similar share will have similar penetration levels and similar levels of loyalty that's very commonly i observed in almost every category that we work with which like is i think law too which is really perfect which is uh, retention double jeopardy hmm. right all brands lose some buyers this loss is proportionate to their market share as in big brands lose more customers though these represent a smaller proportion of their total customers okay let let's let's just summarize the one before yeah because otherwise we, we can't we will not mm, get move to on it. to that yeah so the 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 rule is don't worry about uh don't worry about create trying to create loyalty penetration is the primary game yes you can get something uh, some growths out of increasing frequency of purchase purchase and frequency of usage but that is just hold a small honestly yeah. i would say hold on to that because that is explained more in depth in law number 4 yeah. which is uh, the written law of uh, yeah for law of buyer moderation it explains it a little bit more as to why like no, focusing uh, on repeat purchases a lot is going to screw you in the long run honestly No, no. So I'm, I'm, I'm. No, it's, it's. I'm gonna. I'm trying to summarize it so that it, everyone's clear on this. Uh, number of customers matter. That's the most important thing. Get more people. Loyalty will gradually increase anyway. Uh, the other way to grow a brand. So the number one way to grow a brand is by growing penetration. Nothing else. Hmm. That's essentially the the pull out of the double jeopardy law. Hmm. uh there is another way to grow a brand by increasing frequency of purchase mm-hmm. and frequency of yeah. usage uh which is much harder to do mm. of the two mm. it's much harder to do one way of not trying not growing your brand is by trying to increase loyalty amongst your users it doesn't happen it never happens it has no there's no evidence of it anywhere sure. yeah yeah so one thing i'd like to throw forward before we move on is that uh, you here a lot of us inter- me interjecting in the middle and say you should hold on to that you should hold on to that and that's mostly because a lot of the laws actually feed into each other yeah. right so yeah, it's meant to work as a system and yeah, not as like more, uh, this is this this is this yeah. Yeah. i don't think it's meant to work as a system i think they uh, they've discovered it works as, as a system yeah. Yeah. yeah so a lot of it even though we it'll sound a bit repetitive but i swear these things are individual mm. things on their own <laughs> and you should process mm. them as individual things but you should also understand that there is a lot of interlink uh, relationships between these mm. correct next one so retention double jeopardy right all brands lose some buyers this loss is proportionate to their market share so what they're trying to describe over there is how big brands lose more customers though those these represent a small proportion of their total customer yeah, base if you take the number of customers that they lose it's a large, large number 
mm-hmm. but as a percentage it's it's know, a smaller percentage but they 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 so it's a regression to the mean so they gain as many as they lose as well yeah actually yeah. they should be on a positive loop uh, over there as well I mean, right they should the, be losing a little bit less comparatively as a percentage I mean, because if, otherwise if they can't the brand grow. is growing you have Correct. to naturally yes. lose lose less, less gain, gain, more. gain more but that the more they lose like if i'm a tiny brand and mehra is a massive brand mehra will be losing like 100 people a day i'd be losing like 10 people a day but yeah, my but 10 people is like half my percentage of because clients. you have 20 clients i have 20 clients he has yes. 3 million yeah, yeah. so Correct. it's uh, like that is the caveat there yeah. you yeah. need to look at the hard numbers as well as the percentages to understand that Correct. and uh, how is that useful to us uh, so essentially growth is this two things mm-hmm. uh, get more people to uh, come into your category and get less people to getting less people to leave your category is very difficult it's nearly impossible is it the category at this point or is it the brand uh, it's sorry the brand yeah so the the, the key focus because is because i'm going to purchase the category in the same frequency same way, yeah. so it's De- sorry depends I mean, like i mean if, okay so unless they i die. don't yeah no no <laughs> see it's a little bit uh, weirder than that it death is involved right so yeah. <laughs> which is that you wouldn't buy a coffin every single time every single day or every single uh, year right it depend like they only enter the category because someone died and they have to buy a coffin mm. so it's categories can yeah, appear like, and uh, disappear uh, out of uh, people's lives a coffin is a very uh, like for, uh, for most a, things i mean not really bro like there's quite a bit of places where the need arises and that need is served by a category oh, but that's once because you purchase, you're, you're not looking at this in a time frame right mm-hmm. fair that is absolutely right you are you are if you are looking at coffins you have to look at 70 years and same family versus yeah. Yeah. 70 yeah. Yeah. years yeah, 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 and one individual because anyway you don't buy the the person who's dead doesn't buy the coffin buy the coffin right yeah, okay. yeah. so anyway uh, <laughs> that's that's a, that's a dumb segue <laughs> uh, We'll be right back after a short break. Uh, and we are back. Yes. So why we're stopping is because the camera only records mm. for thirty minutes. Mm. And yeah, yeah. Uh, to you podcast people, it's uh, it's not an issue for you guys. But for our YouTube peeps, uh, our beautiful faces require like thirty minute breaks. <laughs> no, no, no. We need a break every thirty minutes. There's a difference. Yeah, my face of course doesn't need any break. <laughs> my face is perfect. <laughs> okay, go ahead. Yes, go for it. Why did you give us a small uh, like recap of exactly what retention double jeopardy is before we uh, move on? Retention double jeopardy essentially means the size of your brand dictates how many people leave you and how many people come back to you. Hmm. Okay? Essentially growth of a brand depends on the number of people coming into your brand versus the number of people exiting your brand mm-hmm. the number of people coming into your brand is slightly higher than the number of people leaving your brand yeah. so when you see so this is a commonly done piece of uh, statistics in most companies uh, where you say what is the rate of your new entrants what, what is, is the rate of your lapses yeah. and what is the difference which is your retained retention yeah. retention volume, uh, retention numbers right mm-hmm. so essentially when one increases the other one drops this rotation consistently happens and what this says is larger brands in absolute terms will lose more customers at any given time anyway yeah so don't mm. worry so too much about yeah, that yeah look at don't only look at it from absolute terms look at don't look at don't it from look percent- at the number as unit values look at this as percentage percentage as well one last question though yeah. if I am a company owner like this is I promise like I try to keep this as short yeah. uh, if I am a company owner and I'm losing a lot more clients than I was last year is that a signal for me to 
understand that uh, I'm growing. Losing. Yeah. No, if you're losing, no, you're no, not as a percentage though. I don't know the net. Like, but the net. So okay, the net is obviously increasing. I should be able to see that. Yes. Yeah, so if your net is increasing, then you're growing. It shows that I. Net I is increasing. Growing. You're growing. And even when I'm grabbing those, I should be expecting to see more people be leaving out my door as well. Uh, as long as your net is net positive. Net is positive. Yeah. You're, right. Okay. That's growth. That's it. That's, That's cool. cool. That's, That's cool. like the definition of growth. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Actually. <laughs> more gain than loss. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> right. So here's a bit of a counterintuitive one. We had quite a bit of an argument uh, earlier. Not argument, but basically discussion <laughs> about how exactly these numbers pan out, which is the Pareto law. Which we all know is eighty twenty, but in this instance, is actually sixty twenty. Mm-hmm. So what it says is slightly more than half a brand sales come from the top twenty percent of its customers. We know this. Mm-hmm. This is pretty sensible, I think. It's uh, not eighty percent. That's the difference. Yeah. It's not eighty percent. It's sixty percent. Slightly between more than half a brand. Yeah. yeah, between forty and sixty is what the chapter says. Uh, it's actually between forty and sixty is yeah. the the best way of describing. It depends on which brand, what the what the brand is, and, and what, what how how big is. the brand is as well. Yeah. uh it it depends on how big the brand is and what category it is in but i think more more important it depends on how big the brand is sure uh because like for example soap if you take if you take a category like soap i think it 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 hovers lesser than 50 mm-hmm. it hovers near 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 a 40 mm-hmm. so 20% by about 40% of the volume mm-hmm. uh if you if you're talking about something like laundry soap kind of thing. because there is a limit to how much like even a heavy buyer can buy right yeah. uh but other categories it can go up to 60 but essentially it's 60% the the what you need to remember is it's 60% and not 80% yeah. the the pareto pareto yeah. so coefficient is 80 20 yeah. the takeaway from that is that the the rest of the 80% still account for half your sales yeah. and also for the you fact that uh, why we still hold to the pareto law part of the the law's name is that the remaining sales come from the bottom 80% of its customers sure so that can roughly amount to between what uh, 20 and 40% yeah yeah the, i think the pareto bit comes there in the fact that 20% of your of your buyers are heavy buyers and 80%, 80% uh, account for that medium to light buyers yeah. are the 80%. so there is this concept of medium light and heavy buyers as well which uh, we can touch on for really quickly uh, it's basically how often you buy yeah and it's heavy buyers frequency of frequency of purchase yeah. and uh, yeah so medium buyers buy The average amount, amount yeah. and the average amount the category is bought. Yeah, too. and uh, heavy buyers are people who are buying it the most. They are pretty much the. But what's important to note is there isn't a there isn't like a huge difference between a heavy buyer and a medium buyer. Yeah, yeah. it's usually one purchase here or there. Yeah, uh, statistically, that's statistically. a lot. By the way, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I think uh, the rule to remember in uh, in the uh, the sixty twenty law is. Uh, 80% of 40% of your volume 50 to 40 to 50% of your volume generally comes out of the last 40% or your tail yeah okay of your of your this uh, of your of your buyer base yeah uh, do you mean 80% sorry uh, sorry yeah, yeah. 80% <laughs> it comes of the 80% which yeah. is your tail of the buyer base sorry i made a error there uh this is from which you grow though. Yeah, your growth comes from this bunch yeah. of eighty percent of people mm-hmm. that buy you the least. 
yeah i mean a person who is buying a can of coke every 3 hours cannot be convinced to buy another can, can of, of coke, coke within the 3 hours i'm right? pretty sure they weren't convinced to buy a <laughs> can of coke every 3 hours in the first place exactly anyway. but you didn't it, have any control over and that. if if they've been put into a situation where they buy stuff at that rate i mean why are you pushing them to buy more like just be happy about the fact that they're there <laughs> there's a guy who does that. jesus <laughs> right uh, so your growth essentially comes out of that the the lightest buyers mm-hmm. make up for your uh, make up for a, for for your growth see, yeah. your net incremental turnover net net incremental volume yeah. comes out of that yeah. now this thought process has a lot of implications in the real world for example how we buy media we say don't target the 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 heavy buyers yeah. i mean you have to have the heavy buyers in mind when you're you must reach to the heavy buyers but you should never never ignore the, the, the light buyers because the light buyers are where the incremental volume will yeah. generate yeah, and from logically right like it's it's better <laughs> a, a, a person who is a heavy buyer knows quite a bit about you already the only thing they really need to know about you is like if you have a promotion or something of that sort while someone who doesn't know about you needs to know a bit about you before they get into whether they're going to buy or not i actually was looking at it from the complete opposite end which mm. is that a heavy buyer um, if we go along the idea that they buy categories and not brands mm. uh, it's less about knowing more about the brand over there than they have a problem that is larger that needs to be solved more often no uh, so like, i'm coming from the perspective that they're buying the category but they're not buying your brand right i'm right okay okay makes sense okay. uh yeah so from either from either angle there's truth there and there's truth what you're saying as well uh but the 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 the, the f- will 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 not go into this because i think if you if you try try going into this it's a bit of a rabbit hole it, it's no? it's again another rabbit hole but i think the implication for people is very simple mm-hmm. uh like you said the largest volume buyers there's very little space for them to buy more mm. uh remember we are not talking in the context of a category we are talking in the context of a brand uh in the context of a brand there are other brands that have the same patterns yes yeah, so this is not a it's not a single uh, single variable that we all we, mm-hmm. we deal with at any at any given point which is something always it, remember yeah. that it's it's always multivariate it's always multivariate uh what you need to remember is the 80% of the, the the buyer base should never be ignored they are your incremental generators they are your growth to a they are your growth which is explained by double jeopardy over mm. there as well yeah. then they are not your volume they are your growth they are your growth. they are yeah. not what's going to make you rich but they are the ones that are going to increase your size They, they are yeah. going to be rich. rich. <laughs> by growth, by growth. But they are not the main reason why you're sustainably rich. They are going to be sustainably rich, yeah. while heavy buyers would like give you troughs and peaks. Yeah, at best troughs, troughs and peaks. Okay. So the next one is the law of buyer moderation. Hmm. Sure. In subsequent time periods, heavy buyers buy less often than in the base period that was used to categorize them as heavy buyers. Also, light buyers buy more often, and some non-buyers become buyers. I it's not included here but also some buyers become non buyers hmm. 
this regression to the mean phenomena occurs even when there has been no real change in buyer behavior correct yeah so uh, okay if no <laughs> of course please <laughs> yeah i'm I sure everyone goes what the fuck was that <laughs> you you want to try reading that out again like yeah all right so in subsequent time periods heavy buyers buy less often than in the base period that was used to categorize them as heavy buyers if there is someone who we consider heavy buyer in period a that person in subsequent time periods will be buying less than that so right time yeah. periods other than the time period that's being analyzed yeah, time period a, they won't be a heavy buyer they won't be a heavy buyer mm. the light buyers in time period a in time period b may purchase more and people who are not even in that buyer category might now enter and become the new light buyers which so means that there's more buyers in that category. essentially there is a fluidity to an individual moving from one category of buying to another yeah Correct. yeah it's moving from one point to the other it's yes. that's it and it's, it's basically a regression to the mean yeah. right everyone even eventually See, it all evens out regression to the mean is something it, it, it's it, it's a mathematical term mm-hmm. it's very hard for someone who is not used <laughs> from to from a mathematical yeah. background okay so, so what, what, is, what is what is it you tell me oh man no definitely <laughs> like i'm the one who threw regression to the mean in the middle over there <laughs> so <laughs> things want to be average things things want to come close to what is an equilibrium right so in that hunt it just moves from one extreme to the other until it sort of dampens into a center average point so what is an example of how this actually works like uh, let's say you now we've been talking talking about soap quite a bit mm. but uh, what about something like tea so oh, in, tea. in yeah. with the weather mm-hmm. and heavy by a good bias yeah. yeah. right. that's that's a that's a very good example of Mm-hmm. but your average consumption roughly remains roughly the same across the year across the year yeah but yeah. so nothing periods, happens in the industry where the industry grows or yeah. shrinks i mean but but yeah. this says is irrespective of any outside influence this happens on a consistent basis yeah, like that it's not the weather is the weather is the wrong way of looking at it mm. if you are generally see what it says is the probability of a heavy buyer becoming a light buyer is as good as a light buyer becoming a heavy, heavy buyer, buyer. or a non buyer becoming a buyer that's the that's what it says as an individual you will go through this cycle and because the probability is the same it constantly happens yeah so what i really i'm after over here is a real life example of how this could play out oh no so it plays out on almost everything you can't like, give a reason for it because not reason not reason, reason. just what like, is the for example like a, uh, i am i am uh, so period so i'm on a i'm on a uh, sober october and i have stopped buying uh, cigarettes booze yeah. i am a heavy buyer of booze last month <laughs> i am a non buyer of booze today yeah or cigarettes this this month mm-hmm. so if you want to look at a bigger timeline mm-hmm. uh, before i went to thailand mm-hmm. i was a i was a tea snob <laughs> right like i swore by tea and i would not let t- coffee touch me even. right went to thailand mm. long work hours tea doesn't cut it anymore coffee lots and lots of coffee there now i drink tea maybe once a month at most now you're a light buyer yeah. <laughs> right okay all and right somebody one of these days going to have a heart attack and then he's going to shift back to tea <laughs> yeah <laughs> okay it's not external so it's it's just i mean this happens But yeah it's it's just go on go on otherwise we are going to change the lives <laughs> right so guys uh, that's 1 2 3 4 4 uh, laws down we have 6 more to go Um the next one is the natural monopoly law. Yeah. Brands with more market share attract a greater portion of like category buyers. 
also explained by double jeopardy to a large degree but we also explained by uh, retention double jeopardy yeah retention double jeopardy yeah. basically the why why large brands become large brands is that it as you pointed out it monopolizes light by light buyers mm-hmm. for light buyers there is no for, for the light yeah. buyers of the category there are no other options in their heads except that one brand so okay. that as a result they are there's so, they are not moving around right okay. uh, a good thing to explain here is what defines a large brand okay oh, oh yeah. okay so what defines a large brand so it entirely depends on the size of how how the category con- is constituted i would i would argue brands that have shares above 60 uh have the traits of what you call a natural monopolistic naturally monopolistic brand because generally these brands will define the category i mean like for example you will these are brands that you would you would refer to the brands instead of the category i mean you you will identify the category by the name of the brand yeah, for like example Google like the most famous uh, natural monopoly brand in sri lanka would be sunlight yeah it's like a 80 85 share brand yeah. uh university penetrator uh it has because in light buyers people who don't buy soap people who buy one piece of soap a year there's nothing else in their heads except sunlight they will go to outlet and ask for sunlight yeah uh so that so uh, to me my my guess is brands that have above 50 60% share mm. tend to have tend to show more and more distinct characteristics of uh, this natural monopoly uh, even at uh, 40% <laughs> if your market is actually heavily fragmented between Correct. a lot of other competitors like if you're Correct. on 40% and everyone yeah. has like 1% 2% 3% at most Correct. you will still you will start that snowballing most, effect uh, where you start growing correct yeah you're right that's true So the next one is yeah. user bases seldom vary and this is something that has been heavily contested <laughs> online right <laughs> a lot of people think that their customers uh, are completely unique to everyone else's but the truth is rival brands sell to very similar customer bases absolutely true it's one of the hardest things to try and convince people to even to like season marketers it's mm-hmm. impossible to convince yeah. and why is it such a prevalent uh, idea in our market at least today that rival brands sell to their own niches like uh, one thing that this uh, book does throw a curveball that it throws your way is that there's no such thing as a niche brand which um, i mean if there is a truly niche brand it's a sad thing is also something they say <laughs> <laughs> but but i mean that's such it's not growing yeah. it's yeah. it's not something that you are taught anywhere right you're yeah. always told that your customers figure your niche out, niche out yeah. yeah but it destroys that concept yeah it's it's uh it's, it's one of the hard it's, it's very hard because people think that because of how the brand is essentially positioned mm-hmm. uh and yeah largely it's mostly because how it is positioned mm-hmm. let me put it this way irrespective of how you are positioned if your shares are the same if your price points are essentially the same you are selling to the exact same people i mean mm-hmm. if if the 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 
people sell of the same price bracket mm. sale to the same kind of people mm-hmm. across the world mm. uh, so there is no there is no my my consumer is different one reason that people don't believe that i'll tell you one of the most important reasons mm-hmm. people haven't been on enough consumer connects oh, <laughs> oh my, my it doesn't make statistic it so it, it makes statistical sense but if you actually go and meet with like 200 consumers of yours and your com- uh, competitors you'll realize that the vast majority are the same right because it's basically we define our okay if it's between I don't apple think it's and just a, the vast majority i think they between, are the same they, they are, are the same, same individual between apple and samsung right mm. the people that you would hear who personify oh apple is the best or samsung as the best mm. will always be this tail end of that pareto distribution right because the loudest people are always there yeah there'll be the heavy buyers right there'll be the heavy buyers yeah. but the vast majority so, are just people who need a smartphone and need to look bloody good in when they like pull their phone out and not yeah, like a pauper the 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 uh, a reason that i have seen from my experience is that heads of marketing and company owners don't want to admit that they have disloyal customers ah oh, right okay <laughs> maybe is no, i i think also to an extent that everyone else can do what they do as well because i mean Yeah, so this category and someone else can solve the same category like what the hell yeah like that admitting that is a uh, quite a mature decision <laughs> yeah and anyway, yeah, yeah so it's the same customer don't get uh, don't get like too taken up by the but i, I mean if you, if you want to if you if you don't believe me go to 10 companies and pick up 10 marketing briefs that have been written and check the target audience different profiles <laughs> <laughs> it'll be exactly the same yeah. so i will like with with minor variances but you are generally selling to the same person it's it's the it's a reality all mothers with babies need to got to be the same no matter where you look yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> right so the next one is attitudes and brand beliefs uh, reflect behavioral loyalty hmm, that's a heavy one So consumers know and say more about brands they use and think and say little about brands they do not use. Therefore larger brands always go higher on service that assess attitudes to brands because they have more users. Two questions here for me mainly. Yeah. One like explain and <laughs> second why is it so special why are service so special that it's being listed here as a well? Sorry? 
why are like score scoring higher on surveys is no. such a fundamental okay. part to marketing that so that 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 needs explaining first of all famous it's 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 axiomatic eh? mm-hmm. people who buy your brands know your brands people who know your brands buy your brands yeah and so on and so on and on this circle goes mm-hmm. right that's the golden rule of brand management okay okay Uh, so getting people to know your brand is the first thing. That therefore you get people to buy your brand. If you buy your brand, they will know, know your, your brand. brand. Right. Small interjection to all of you who are running digital campaigns. <laughs> that is why awareness matters. That's why impressions matter. Even though all of you are like, oh, but it doesn't give me money. It will. If you don't do this, you will not get money. <laughs> uh, so that's the that's the the, the goal. Mm-hmm. Why it matters in a survey. I'll give you an example from a different country. So, for example, uh, uh, we marketers need to test materials and campaigns before they go into the market. Mm-hmm. Okay, so they do multiple multiple sets of tests. Like, for example, preview test, product test, etc. Mm-hmm. Right? Uh, the impression or the quality of a memory that a brand has plays a large part in when the when the when the product is tested or the communication is tested mm-hmm. the response of the consumer right the is largely dependent on his preconceived notion of the brand his existing memory dictates what is being told to him in you as well no no mm. i'm sorry i lost it there no i i get that it's if putting it into like uh, yeah same like contextual yeah. situation if I if you didn't know Mihira mm-hmm. and I introduce Mihira to you as this arrogant prick that you can't have a conversation with mm-hmm. then when you go and talk to him for the first time you're going to expect him to be arrogant prick you can't have a conversation okay oh, regardless okay. of what he does from that point onwards you're still going to think he's an arrogant prick after it doesn't really matter what he really is that preconceived notion actually feels as if you're constantly looking for any little thing that he does that labels arrogant prick looking for a confirmation yes yeah. wow Right. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <You're not. laughs> no, a lot of people must be going. Yeah, yeah, he is. <laughs> okay. Uh, no. So I'll give you. I'll give you a live example of it. Uh, in Pakistan, mm. uh, Lipton is a very powerful brand, mm. especially in this uh, one state called Punjab. Mm. Uh, so Pakistani Punjab. Uh, it's so powerful. So well known. so we we have we do something called preview on communication when a communication go, before it goes on air we go and test it and ask statistically whether there there is a high probability for this communication to succeed on the basis of entertainment branding etc and the persuasiveness that the brand has the 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 the, the, the communication has okay. how how likely after seeing this that is somebody will uh, going going to buy mm. so there's a grid like that and it's statistically proven in punjab no matter what ad you put out on lipton it is a good ad bad ad <laughs> ugly ad so long as all the brands cues are there it scores agree oh. i'm i'm simplifying it extremely it's not yeah. that simple but yeah. but the probability of that it becoming a green previewed mm-hmm. piece of communication is always very high 
Right. Okay. Uh, and it always happens. It, it's not that. So if you if you test five different pieces of communication, like one is completely relevant culturally, the other one is completely relevant culturally. Mm-hmm. Uh, both of them win, provided that you've given the right cues, etc. They win. Yeah. So uh, the the again the the rule is. if people know you they already have an existing memory of you the the, the capability to uh capability to to uh, the, the the probability that it will result in a consistent purchase is very high that's what it's essentially saying yeah cool. yeah next and we're going for another break nope 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 <laughs> Melisa this time has managed to do the old switcheroo without <laughs> anyone figuring out. <laughs> Wait, what? Uh, so she she managed to like tick 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 like at the speed of light. So oh, it's okay. still going. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Great. Cool. Next. So uh, next one is usage drives attitude. Yeah, oh, which uh, is what I just described. Yeah. So <laughs> I think you you took two out in one go. Yeah. But yeah. just for you know. Um, just read that line. Read the read the read out so that read it's the rest of uh, that bit out and it explains mm-hmm. it right like. Which is I love my mum and you love yours. But that doesn't say anything about anyone's mum, right? <laughs> <laughs> my mum is better. <laughs> yeah. So read it out completely. Buyers of different brands express very similar attitudes and perceptions about their respective brands. Yeah. Exactly. We need to talk about Apple and Samsung. Buyers and yeah, so buyers of of very different brands. Sorry, I didn't follow. So that. buyers of different brands express very similar attitudes and perceptions about their respective brands. Yeah, that's true. So that's why. Why though? Why though? It's your to the like, most importantly. No, but that's counterintuitive when it comes to your the category solving. Uh, Distinctive attack, right? assets drive that. Distinctiveness of brands drive that. See, the, mm-hmm. at that point, there is no real differentiation in the product. No? Between okay. Apple phone and a just a phone, it's yeah. a damn phone. Yeah, and that's the same thing. Yeah, and we can we can argue about this till the cows come home. But your Apple, which you spent hundred and fifty thousand bucks, my Samsung, which I spent hundred and twenty five thousand bucks, essentially does the same damn thing. That's in that's in Sri Lankan dollars. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Well, so, <laughs> but 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 uh, but people offer very di- distinctive perspectives about it. Yeah, mm-hmm. because it's what we are feeding them. So it's based. Ah, uh, right. Now I get it. So they're both fundamentally phones, but our loyalties and how we fight for our brand depends on what communication is fed to us. Yeah. So, so the distinctive brand asset that Apple has as an edge over Samsung is the Think Different campaign that. It's just fed you the idea that oh you're so fancy if you have this oh no and it just works for creative know? people yeah yeah so but, I mean like for for the longest time Apple has fed the idea that for creative people Apple works for creative people mm-hmm. in fact I've seen accountants who have uh, use Apple oh yeah and <laughs> actually one of the largest buyers of MacBook Pro and you Pro's know that now. creative accountants usually go to jail <laughs> <laughs> and probably a lot of them work for Apple <laughs> <laughs> so one uh, strange stat to throw your way is. Uh, Apparently, now one of the largest purchasers of MacBook Pros, which is one of the flagship devices of Apple, is not by creative people anymore. Surprise! <laughs> It's by programmers yeah. because they are. It is a an Apple and a MacBook Pro mm. is the best machine to run Windows on. Yes, <laughs> I shit you know. <laughs> There you go. Take that off. <laughs> 
Right. I can't think of anything that is good to run Windows on. <laughs> it's me a Mac Pro. The least best thing to run the Windows on is a Surface Book. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we should try Mac OS. <laughs> Linus, Linus needs to do this. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So uh, on to the next one. Law of prototypicality. Image attributes that describe the product category score higher, as in are more commonly associated with a brand than less prototypical attributes. I mean, as a sentence, as that a feels <laughs> like they're just shoving words in your face, but it makes sense. Yeah, I, it it also feels a little bit uh, condescending. Is it is it condescending? No, not condescending. Patronizing. Patronizing. Yeah. That's it. That's the one it is. I mean, fucking obviously, right? <laughs> so uh, once again. Image attributes that describe the product uh, category score higher, as in are more commonly associated with the brand than less prototypical attributes. On second look at it, it's not really as simple if you don't understand the concept of category cues. Vihir mm. would be one of the best people yeah, to talk so, about this. So basically, every category has set of cues. It's largely driven by the most dominant brand of the category. Mm. That's why all all cola drinks are dark in color and mm. is reddish. Mm. Uh, I am hundred percent certain that any company who is worth their while can achieve the cola taste without the color. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. But the <laughs> in fact it says permitted dye. Red. <laughs> the cola lollipop. Is, is pink. It's yeah. the same color as every other yeah. lollipop. The cola gummy bears. Oh yeah, there you go. No, cola but they, gummy bears they, are they the color of cola. No, yeah. no. So the bottom bit is the color of cola. Yeah. And the top of the cola bottle, which it's, is what the cola gummy bears come as. Yeah. So is, I mean, yeah. if it was only the colored part that tastes like cola, then the top should be giving you a different taste, right? Glass yeah. in this. <laughs> in this so this. So so what? So essentially, what 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 the the, the we have process? we have reports that it it does. <laughs> Uh, so the essentially the the thought process is very simple. It says there are distinct there are things that people identify the category through mm-hmm. by. Uh, it can be the cues of a dominant brand. Mm. It can be the cues of a. It can be how the category has been built up in people's heads over maybe even a century, century and a half. Mm-hmm. Like for example, like soaps coming bars is. I mean, if you haven't thought of it, yeah. why do some soap comes in come, yeah. comes in bars? We <laughs> soap. I mean, so it comes sad. in liquid now. But <laughs> no, no, like why, why bar shapes? Why bars though? Yeah. But like, and 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 at a, at a certain point, in order to become distinctive, soap bars changed, started changing shapes. Bars yeah. became ovals. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's still fundamentally a bar. A bar. Yeah. yeah. It has three dimensions. I mean, I was just thinking, why can't you have soap sheets? You can like like cheese. Just yeah, like yeah. peel that shit off, rub it on oh, your so jacket. I, I, right? There's there's an age old uh, uh, there's I think it's an idiom. I'm not sure. I know mm-hmm. it's it's more of a it's it's age old wisdom, right? Mm-hmm. If it walks like a duck, <laughs> quacks like a duck. It's probably a duck. What comes first? What wisdom? Uh, no. So essentially, the category uh, the category has a set of cues. Mm-hmm. Uh, you must build your brand on top of those cues. Right. Okay. So trying to stay, try trying you know in in as attempting yeah. to be different from the category versus Within distinctive 
distinctive within the within, uh, within the rule set yeah i hate to within, take up a lot of time yeah. but i think this is very important to understand mm. especially in this world where everyone believes that we need to be building brands uh, more than businesses mm. where in branding we know that distinctiveness is something that we are chasing right that where do you know when where you can be distinct and where are you not supposed to be distinct like how do you know that like what is the categories um how do you deal with that like do you understand my question am i yeah, phrasing yeah, it properly like so can you phrase that again so i think that- i think before you get to that question you need to finish what i was just about to like ah, yeah, finish sorry, because sorry. It, in order to in order to play within the category mm-hmm. you need to play within the parameters of the rules of the category as well i mean how people identify the category mm-hmm. if people identify the category so if people identify saying soap should be in bars mm. right or bar shapes doing a star shape soap or a ball mm. may not be the best option mm. because people simply want figure it figure out that this is a soap sure it's, it's a simple it might work for kids so but kids are not the ones who make the decision no no, no that's the thing we are not, we are not going to purchase sure. i mean like i'm not giving you a specific category saying sure, is, sure 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 okay there are circumstances and situations where this has gone straight slightly astray as well mm. but let's not go there because those are very very minor circumstances uh even then it follows this rule though mm. you must within the parameters of the view of the category mm-hmm. be distinctive you must stand out within the rules not stand outside of the category right you should not be different from the category you should be within the category but stand out amongst the other players yeah. in the so you can't you can't quack like a duck and walk like a duck and be a falcon basically okay let me let me give you okay let me let me give you a circumstance give me you a give me an example i want to sell a cola drink mm-hmm. let's for one like one of our local players he say we are going to launch a cola drink sure okay pepsi and coca are the largest players in the market right okay everyone loves coca cola everyone loves pepsi mm-hmm. but he comes and says no I want to be different versus being distinctive. I want to be different, so I'm going to give the taste of cola, but my drink is going to be pink. Right. It's just matter of adding color to it. Mm-hmm. So you yeah. have a falooda colored Coca Cola. The fuck, my brain can't comprehend <laughs> that it's breaking right now. Now, I can guarantee you to right now it will never work. simply because it's not the your brain you can't process it yeah. you can't process it you people you won't people don't recognize you and you won't as a cola drink at least you won't look for and something and the ones who pink. buy you are yeah. going to end up will they will, yeah will they identify you as some freak of nature they will not identify you as cola drink yeah? if you are if you are competing the cola category mm-hmm. will they identify you as a soft drink cola soft drink yes, yes. but a cola, a cola flavored falooda yeah Yeah, that's a different category altogether. Yeah, right. They were right. <laughs> that. They they probably be like this. Falooda tastes exactly like cola. 
Yes, correct. That's how they would respond. Yeah, correct. okay. That's that's precisely. Then you are not in the cola category anymore. You are playing in Faluda. Faluda. <laughs> or so, as the twenty-two immutable laws says, you just created yourself a new category. <laughs> no, no, that doesn't work. That doesn't cola work very often. Faluda is the new. Category. <laughs> <laughs> right. Okay. Uh, next. Yeah. Next one, and this is the last Wait, one. You, you had a you had a question to ask. No, yeah. Sorry, we we missed the question. what are how do you know what the rules the rules are? like uh, where, where what is differentiation distinctness sorry distinctiveness how where where do you want to distinct okay as okay, okay let's put it let's put it as a question that is more centered i am hiring dinesh who is a brand agency yeah. uh, design agency not yeah. a brand agency mm-hmm. he is now coming and proposing to like redo my brand and all of that yeah. but i am in a certain category and i want to be distinct yeah how do i know what to communicate to him saying okay this is how people identify our services oh no so right if if you were hiring a good design agency okay it would they would they do would their know. research mm-hmm. and they come would. up to you and say like okay these are your category right. cues fantastic what would the research look like oh, like no. what would that it's, report look like uh, no no it's 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 no no it, it's not it's it's not a report it's it's, it's not a report uh, it's uh you can do this like for example like where do i, I mean, like simply you cross the line like this is no longer no, fucking so followed very simply, <laughs> you you can you can do this very complicatedly but very simply what you will ask is how do you identify the category mm mm-hmm. yeah yeah okay i mean there are things that you would make people identify the category you need to ask it in a more legible way yeah, yeah, okay yeah. Well, some better articulated better, better articulated yeah. then you make sure that those those rules are followed like i'm guys, basically asking for an example of a rule that a designer should be keeping an eye on let's say we are working at a depends software on each category. category each category yeah Every from category yeah from category that changes like, like let's say for software like if i'm selling software as a service an accounting package okay what would you consider okay so i don't know at, at, as of this moment mm-hmm. i don't know what accounting packages look like right. i assume they look like shit right in general if you look at a user interface of accounting because i'm a little familiar with quick quickbooks yeah and the last interface of quickbooks <laughs> i saw looked like a like a glorified excel sheet right like it's not right. pretty to look at yeah absolutely okay uh, while the logo itself is rather simple it's i think it's green and gray or yeah, something like that yeah and a person or something like that right yeah. it feels like a so, i i think they rebranded as well though so i would compare like. that with something like wayweps with i would first of all look for who who's leading the industry mm-hmm. and whoever is leading the industry is also probably setting the category yes exactly yeah yeah Yeah. That happens all the time. So whenever you are starting a design project that's like branding related, you should look at who the. That's why most like for example, that's why most soaps in Sri Lanka will have some tinge of yellow in it. Does that mean that if I am the category leader, I can do whatever fuck I please when it comes to the category cues? No, the, no, you can't because you are setting yourself into the rules. No. Ah, okay. You made you are, them, but you are, now you you are you are confined by the same rules. So. to others it becomes category cues to you it becomes your memory structure so your memory structure must be maintained yeah. and if your memory structure is that strong you should not not be fucking around with that yeah why would you want to change it why would you want to change it absolutely i i get that but that 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 idea that okay so it's that distinctness distinction between a memory structure and a category cue so yeah. a memory structure in one place if you are the like the market leader essentially is the category cue for everyone else sure. to large when i said it's not one queue yeah, there are hundreds many, like many yeah, many yeah. uh i mean like guys uh, 
the remember condensation on a a bottle mm-hmm. is, is a category Q for co- cola yeah <laughs> if you if you if you ever see a bottle of pepsi or coke or any picture anywhere in the world mm-hmm. there's always you will always condensation water, water yeah, on yeah. it Oh uh, yeah then they also have that sign says best uh, best drunk chilled no they don't say it it's there yeah. it's there on the packaging no, no, no. it's there it's on the packaging, packaging but it's never in on a, on a piece of communication yeah but condensation is a critical element of every, and you will never ever find a picture without a without condensation I, bottle I, or picture was it in the 60s that they came up with that printer that said it's simply the best and there was for the first time a glass of i can't remember the time period yeah i think it was somewhere in the 60s that that, that came up with Okay, last one. Cool, and we are in the last one. Uh, one before the last, actually, the one right before the tool. Uh, this one is duplication of purchase law. A brand's customer base overlaps with rival brands in line with its market share. As in, in a time period, a brand will share more of its customers with large brands and fewer with small brands. If thirty percent of a brand's buyers also bought brand A in a period, then thirty percent of every rival brand's customers also bought brand A. Yeah, that's heavy. Okay. Okay, this is this is what you call uh, people refer to this as the when we calculate we call it the rule of thumb. Mm-hmm. It's a simple rule of thumb that says if you are calculating your uh what do you call um, what's the word your cannibalization. So if what is cannibalization? If you have a 30%, 20% and a 10% brand the 10% uh, sorry 30% brand the 20% brand will have an interaction will uh, the 20% brand uh, the, the people in the 20% brand will have of the of the 20% mm-hmm. 30% will have an interaction with the 30% brand that doesn't make sense. no i i get i, I, I get it <laughs> no <laughs> okay so um, how do you, how do you put this it's it's like a nested share system right okay so if you have 30% 20% and 10%, 10% that will be reflected within each one as well of how many of my customers of your customers it will reflect 30% 20% 10%, 10% going to the other brands right okay so within every ah sorry that's the best way of examining mm-hmm. so within the 30% there is a 20% and a 10% mm mm-hmm. right just 20 th- of the share with that 10% dude and the 20% dude. correct yeah. right okay essentially uh-huh. that's the and that is where the that is that light buy category or it's no 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 this is just the interaction between uh-huh. the okay, three okay so you can't specifically say which of the three dimensions so this this doesn't only apply to physical brands it applies to what we watch yeah human interaction right right so like for example like duplication of vivi mm-hmm. which is one i told you mm-hmm. the first paper that i have yeah. ever seen mm-hmm. uh that so that essentially follows the same principle mm-hmm. if the, you have 10 friends mm-hmm. it's not like that your 10 friends right right okay makes sense 
they, they have, have other friends if <laughs> i have 10 friends 20 friends and 30 friends <laughs> and 30 friends 20 friends and 10 friends will move each other from the correct you're right yeah, okay. that's correct that's correct okay. on a sample base that's correct <laughs> okay yeah. that makes sense that that's exactly what it is Man, uh, uh, how does this affect us? Like in so, it's it's how you plan. It's it's you plan for that duplication. So, for example, when you're growing, mm-hmm. when you're doing calculation, etc., mm-hmm. you say, say if I am going to grain, like I'm going to get ten tons more of volume, mm-hmm. incremental tonnage. Mm-hmm. You are asked, what is your source of growth? Where is that ten tons going to come from? Say, say the market is static and market is not moving. Mm-hmm. You have to gain it out of share. So of the ten tons that I'm coming in, so I say I'm a fifty percent share brand, mm-hmm. and I'm going to gain ten 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 metric tons of volume. And there is a twenty percent share brand, and uh, sorry, thirty percent share brand and twenty percent share brand. So that makes up the balance fifty percent of the market. Yeah. The ten tons will come from thirty percent will come from. your uh, that one company brand yeah 30% brand 20% will come from the 20% brand 20% brand the 50% will come from your own brand within that portfolio something will convert to you right okay so your essential out of the tonnage that you are 10 10 tons Wait, I'm from, unclear where that other remaining 50% comes from within within you so it, it, you are cannibalizing from so you are not gain it's so a net incremental your gross incremental is 10 tons your net incremental the real incremental that you are deriving of the market mm-hmm. is 5 times if i am at 100% if i got 100% growth or oh, that's actually impossible no no 100 not 100% growth you are talking about 100% share 100% share no it's 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 a, it's a joke at that point right i mean you own the entire fucking market how much more comes to you <laughs> i mean if you if you 50% and you want 100% that makes more sense yeah <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> think about that for a second. Yeah. But there are eighty percent brands as well, or eighty percent share brands and ninety percent share brands. Like, say, for example, we mean Sri Lanka is like a very high share brand. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean dishwash is actually called Vim. My mom asked me to go get dishwash. She didn't say go get dishwash. She yeah. said go get some Vim. Yeah, and I'm like Vim <laughs> or just like. Like yeah, just Vim. You know, there's a there's a aisle for Vim, and I'm like, no, there isn't. <laughs> that's a, there is so that's that's uh, that, that's natural monopoly. Yeah. Okay, makes sense. And uh, now we are coming to the last one, which is NBD Dirichlet. Okay. <laughs> How do you pronounce that? First of all, <laughs> it's a, it's someone's name, I assume. So Dirichlet. It is. It's, it's Dirichlet. Uh, but NBD is negative binomial distribution. distribution the description here reads a mathematical model of how buyers vary in their purchase propensities which i can tell is important yeah for the life of me <laughs> i cannot explain and i come from a maths background <laughs> okay <laughs> what is this what is this too uh, okay so how often as in how often they buy the category and which brands brands they buy it correctly okay. describes and explains many of the above laws the dirichlet is one of marketing's few true scientific theories for more technical information on this mathematical model i will drop the link in the description but okay so what they outlined two two variables that they can look at right mm-hmm. uh frequency of purchase and there was another one interesting how often they buy the category and which brands they buy okay so which brands they buy is another one mm-hmm. so it's it's shan uh shan it's not No, no share per se because they're looking at the frequency of purchase and all the brands that are available mm-hmm. 
and how the frequency distributes across those brands. Okay. Right. In addition to that, so it's a, it's a multivariate analysis. There are there are several other variables that go into it, and it's a it's a way of predicting how purchases will be made across in a, a category. Market, yeah, yeah, in a static market inside a category. Okay. How the what the interactions which each with with amongst each brand would be. We'll stop it there because even yeah, we'll that, be, that's, that is the that, that's, that's about the depth the, of my my understanding about yeah. the tool. So the real answer is. But uh, from what I understand, there are lots of black box, what we call black box tools that that we use that use this as a as the core premise or the principle. Okay, but that also means like I I think it's kind of important to understand exactly how that system works simply because but it also it's explains black something. box systems. No no it's not no, not that system. This it's this, black box simply because it's so difficult. No yes, no no no, yes, no, no, yes, no, yeah. no no. I mean I say black box. It's it's research agencies call it black box. But uh, this is available on the. I mean I have the paper. I tried reading it. Uh, with, I I gave up with varying <laughs> success. <laughs> Wait, can you send the paper over to me? I'll take like a look at it and see see yeah. if I can derive something. But yeah. uh, I think uh, we should probably get Byron Sharp or Jenny Ramonrek <laughs> on this to actually explain, explain it. Yeah, yeah. Because I'm pretty sure there is a. I'm pretty sure we can't get into <laughs> the nitty gritties of the map. Yeah. But if we can at least understand to some extent what the logic behind why we are using this model. Hmm. Right. Yeah. Why is it a negative binomial distribution? First question. Negative yeah, binomial distribution is just an explanation of frequency of purchase works. Yes, but why is it a negative binomial distribution than just a binomial? That's how purchase pattern works. The double jeopardy is explained through an negative binomial so distribution. So that is where the NBD part of that yeah. entire yeah. comes from. And the other one is a multivariate analysis, right? So Which is that there is more than one variable that you need to look at. Hey, wait, we actually did manage to score that on that. So there's more than one variable. and purchasing occurs according to a negative binomial distribution correct and this is the basis as to why it's an nbd and a multivariate analysis yeah i mean we can come to that conclusion of trying to rationalize what's written down but yeah. i'm really I'm not we sure don't know for sure. we should we not don't know for sure don't take that information <laughs> it's uh, it's probably not true but let's let's try and end on something that we yeah. actually know about <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> so why don't we uh, go back and uh, summarize the laws Uh, no, I think not rather than that mm -hmm. let's talk about what what the ramifications of understanding this yeah, laws yeah sure that works uh so i think one of the biggest ramifications of understanding the the rules are the there is a haze of woo in marketing like i said a mm -hmm. lot of people say it's common sense it is not there's a lot of science be i mean there is there is science behind it or at least we are we are learning the science behind it right. we are learning it better mm. especially through this is this is bias behavior this is part of behavioral economics this is this is lot of statistics yeah this, this is, is not contestable information this is right? not contestable information uh, so if somebody comes and says else you know no what do they know loyalty matters yeah don't talk to them afterwards uh, <laughs> this is the this is the best knowledge we have as, as of now this knowledge keeps on getting better and it's getting it it, it keeps getting uh, refined as time goes on if you guys if you can log on to erenberg bass university uh, website uh, read the papers the marketing that, science institute.org yeah uh, yeah I'll, i'll drop that in the link yeah. uh, uh learn it and make sure that uh you keep your you keep your keep your eyes and ears open to the changes that are happening 
these laws the, the both the books mm. are not necessarily written by byron sharp it mm. is a collection of papers and put together by uh, by yeah, sharp yeah. he references the papers whenever yeah. he at the end of each of the chapters it uh, it it's explains there. and all the paper all the references are anyway there at the yeah, end of the book, the back of the book yeah. uh, this is if, essentially a huge paper put into a book, book, yeah, book format <laughs> actually multiple papers put into one book yeah uh, bottom line uh, which we we keep on harping read the book it's very important that you read the book uh, there are many takeouts out of the book that we have not even like cre- we have not touched the surface like yeah. we haven't broken through the surface we just said we, we should uh, let these people uh, uh, let you guys uh, just get a like dip your feet into it mm-hmm. uh, read the book and uh, hopefully the result would be you would be better marketers with far greater clarity about what you are doing right so uh, and from a very simple point of view um if if your boss comes up to you and says we need growth hmm. you know your strategy is penetration yeah correct yeah that's it yeah. right yeah so that's that's what that in there is very difficult yeah. but but at least you know that that part of it is solved yeah, yeah. you don't need to go around thinking oh we need to get the heavy buyers to buy more we need to get light buyers in like sure you need to get light buyers in but that's really the only thing you need to do yeah yeah sounds good i mean heavy session yeah, yeah heavy session really but session. <laughs> uh but uh yeah hope you listen to it fully and uh, drop us a message or a link a message uh, when or you can yeah. comment yeah. or yeah, whatever do the stuff on youtube yeah. <laughs> and do send us emails <laughs> <laughs> all right thanks for thanks tuning guys, in guys bye. see you see you